And in many cases, it's not their home that's damaged. It's not their business that's damaged. It's their ability to earn income. It means they can't go to work. Or if you imagine you're a restaurant owner, you can't open your restaurant because your staff can't come into work or your customers can't come into your retail store and buy your products. So I think non-damaged business interruption is a critical product. What I don't like about that, and I said it's a mouthful, is like, my God, like, is an industry. Let, let's improve the marketing of this. No one wakes up in the morning and says they want to buy non-damaged business interruption. How about income protection? And this is why we branded our products around my income. Good morning, good evening, and happy new year. Matthew Grant here, and we're back over in New York this week, well, at least digitally, talking to Jamie Crystal, CEO of MIC. Now, if you're wondering what opportunities there are to support people that are struggling to get insurance and how you can build a business on the back of it, then this one's for you. So here we go. This is what we understand about MICs. MIC Global, you're a full-stack embedded microinsurance provider. You're delivering simple, relevant, and affordable microinsurance products to underserved individuals through diverse partnerships with platforms and services. And we're going to talk a little bit about how you think about that group, which is going to be slightly different about how the people typically might think about microinsurance. Your products are written in-house. You've got a Lloyd syndicate and you've got a Guida-based uh, company, MIC Re. And you were basically formed back in 2020 through the merger of STP Group, Microinsure, and Tonka BI. And Jamie, you are CEO of MIC. How's that for uh, an elevator pitch? Perfect. Thank you, Matthew. So in your own background, I see you worked as an insurer, you worked as a broker, I believe you joined MIC about four years ago. I mean, what was it for you personally that took you from you know, that side of the business into, uh, into the organization you're with now? I feel like I've been in insurance since birth. I'm one of those people who had a, a dad before me and a dad before him who started into the uh, insurance industry. And one of the things that I've always been frustrated about our industry is that things can kind of be taken for granted. Um, insurance is sold to people, in many cases, people that have to buy it, as opposed to being bought by people that want to buy it. It's one of the things that's been holding us back as an industry. While it's great that people, in many cases, have to buy our product, wouldn't it be nice if people woke up in the morning and, and thought about buying insurance? What is the problem that you are solving today that people come to you and spend money with you? Uh, the problem we're trying to solve is how to provide access to affordable insurance products to people that need them. Uh, our industry is very good at insuring large corporations. It's very good at insuring wealthy people. But when you look at the rest of the people in the world, they need protection also. And that's the problem we're trying to solve. So this, I guess it's a point that most of us buy insurance grudgingly. We kind of buy it because we have to when we buy a car or we take out a mortgage on our property. But, but basically, you're looking not just for the people that could benefit from buying more, but also because of the microinsurance element, people that are struggling a little bit to be able to to buy it at all. Is that right? And, and actually, that's part of that protection gap. It's a really interesting construct. So we set out to create a company that would reimagine and rethink the way we're selling insurance. The key to getting it right is a combination of the insurance know-how, the expertise, the technology, and the platform. And that was really the catalyst for starting MIC Global. And who are your clients today? We're a full-stack embedded microinsurance provider. That means we have a B2B to C business model. The other B, the second B, is a platform company. So for example, gig economy, sharing economy, mobility, payment gateways, gateways, e-commerce companies and the like. We do that in order to be able to access and provide protection for people 
of limited means. One of the big challenges in our industry is the customer acquisition cost. I think if you look at some of the B2C models that have been out there in the InsureTech kind of 1.0 version, it's very expensive to acquire customers, almost to the point of making it untenable. So by partnering with platform partners, we're able to make the products much more affordable because we don't have to incur those tremendous customer acquisition costs that you would get in a traditional B2C model. Yeah, it's that classic embedded insurance play. It's one of the survivors in that space versus the organizations that have gone out to try to compete directly with the big insurance companies. So you mentioned some of the companies, all the applications in there, but what would be a sort of typical example of where somebody would buy a product through, through some other product that they'd be buying and have the insurance embedded in that? If you work for a big corporation, oftentimes you're getting protection from your corporate employer. But as the workforce models have changed over the last generation, there's just a huge portion of society that is living life without the traditional protections of insurance. And I'm very passionate about that. I think it's a very important social impact that we can have, helping people and protect them in their time of need, literally putting cash in their pocket when their income is interrupted. Jamie, I've, I know you've got, you've got three products. Sort of, I'm not quite sure you can call insurance catchy, but it's sort of catchy names for those. Can you just tell me what those three products are and then we'll come back and dig into each of those individually a little bit? Yeah, so our three core products are My Income, My Identity, and My Incident. And the My is a little riff on MI for microinsurance, but it's also kind of me, myself, and I, like my, 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 my protection, my, my coverage. And the key to each of these three products, and they're kind of, I think about it almost like the chassis for a vehicle, is our products all have to be simple and relevant. Simple so we can have a full digital journey and relevant because I want to sell products that people actually need that actually impact their daily lives. Well, got it. So like my income, first one. So I'm assuming that's to do with people losing income some kind through unemployment. Is, is that, I'm kind of understanding that correctly. Yeah, it's really interesting. And I, I like the way you frame that. There are a lot of triggers is what I, the way I think about it for what can cause someone to lose their income. For example, there could be kind of health wellness. So for example, traditional, if you break a leg, if you go into the hospital, you can't work. There's also um, things that are um, equally out of your control. What if you're laid off from your job and you wake up on a Tuesday and you're, you're unemployed. There's also resilience issues. For example, there could be a natural disaster, flood, windstorm, hurricane, wildfire. These are things that even if your house is fine, it can impact your ability to do work. So think about if you're that Uber driver in whether you're in India or in New York or in California, and there's flooding, you can't drive, you can't work. And this is preventing people from getting on with their daily lives. So just if we take the Uber driver as an example, I'm going back to your point about embedded insurance. How do they come across MIC or the, I guess you, if you're calling the product My Income, you know, how are they actually exposed to that? Where do they buy it from? We're kind of the engine behind the scenes. So it's, it's very much, we do not sell our products directly to the customer, We're always embedding through another platform partner. So in, in this case, we would partner with a ride-sharing company. The ride-sharing company would offer this protection to their customers or provide the protection to their customers. And the great thing about this model is whether you're an Uber driver, a delivery person, a restaurant worker, a construction worker, a freelancer, when you're participating through a platform business, it gives you access to affordable insurance that you don't have. So these are products that are traditionally not available in the market on a one-off basis. And one of the challenges for the industry is it's really difficult to sell insurance for people for a couple dollars. But if you can do this at scale, it gets 
it, it, it makes it all happen. That's kind of the secret sauce behind it. It's really interesting to hear how you can do that distribution in there. But what about pricing? Because you need to get access to, well, presumably, most insurers want to get access to lost data. You've got a lot of small transactions going on. How, how do you know that you're charging the right price? So we're, we're a very data-driven company. And I think the key here is access to data, both from our platform partners to the degree that they have, have data, as well as blending in uh, public as well as private data sources in order to price our products. There's a tremendous amount of information you, you can use to price when you have scale. And it allows us to kind of cut off the tails of the distribution curve. So we take a lot of demographic information to the point where all of our products, we ideally want to make them fully inclusive, meaning they're available to everyone. So some of the information you would normally ask a person, for example, what is your age? What is your gender? Where do you work? Where do you live? If we have that information at an aggregated basis across a large population, it enables us to price our products really effectively. Then what we have to do, of course, is solve for geographic variations. So whether you're doing a product in Southeast Asia, once you've priced it and figured it out in Thailand, it's much easier to go to the next country, do a slight data check to make sure that the geographic considerations are taken and taken into account. And then we can offer that same product, for example, in the Philippines or Malaysia or in Indonesia. So, Jamie, on to the second one. So, my identity, I know that's to do with some kind of financial loss from identity theft. Are you selling that? I mean, I would great to hear a bit more about it. And are you selling, selling that, presumably, the same kind of way through embedded insurance to certain people in the population? The identity product is very much about protection for your identity. We live in a physical and a digital world. We're continuously interacting with people and devices. So the, the concept for the cover is to help people by monitoring, protecting, and, re- and ultimately restoring their digital identity if it's breached and to pay for the monetary loss from that breach of identity. The product today is, is marketed heavily on a B2C basis. It's very expensive to do that. So that price has to, that product has to be priced to cover those acquisition costs. By embedding the product, for example, with a bank or another platform business, we're able to eliminate those customer acquisition costs and provide the product at a much more affordable level. And then the the third one is my incident. And to see here, you're working with sensors, amongst other things, to be able to, I guess, the the hints and the name, the incidents. But it'd be good to hear a little bit more about how, how that works and what you're covering. I love this product. This is all about protection for life's aggravations. And I know, like, at the end of the day, it might seem a little bit less consequential. But when things happen, whether it's your phone gets damaged, a package is stolen, your car window gets smashed, you have a water leak, it's more than aggravating. It, it costs you money. And I'll give you a, a, couple of, a couple of examples. We've embedded our My Incident cover with Video Doorbell Company. I'm actually kind of kind of excited about this one. We created what maybe is a new category of insurance called porch piracy. Uh, what we're doing is we're insuring that package that's left on your doorstep, whether it's from Amazon or your mom or whatnot. If that package gets its own legs and, and walks off and is stolen, that's highly aggravating for people. And by having a device that captures that video, it enables us to provide the cover by being able to validate the claim in real time and ultimately to provide uh, protection for someone if that package is stolen. Another great example of that is a water sensor. Water sensors are awesome. You get this message on your phone that you got water leaking, whether it's in your home or your factory or in your office or in your store. You rush in, you turn off the water, and you limit the damage, but you still have water on the floor. And most people have this thing called a deductible or an excess. 
and they feel like they never actually get to collect on, our, on their insurance. By embedding the insurance directly in the water center, sensor, in many times we accomplish a couple things. One, we know there's been water damage in many cases before even the claim is made. We can reach out proactively to the customer. We can provide them money in their pocket to help them repair their rug, fix their carpets, whatever their immediate need is, and they can get on with their, their life. I mean, it's really interesting to know how sensors and IoT is, is being used. I just want to come back to the, uh, the, po- the Porsche Pirate insurance. So that's pretty relevant this time of year. We've actually got a doorbell phone and uh, can see who's turning up, dropping things off, probably can see things, taking things away. So if we want to go and buy the MIC Porsche Pirate insurance, how, how would we go about doing that? So again, our, our products are always in- embedded in another platform. So we're, we're, you, you don't come to our website to buy the cover. It's uh, too, too painful of a process. We're embedding it with the OEM, the equipment manufacturer who, who provides the doorbell. And so you, you get the coverage by buying a doorbell that has the product in there. And why would a, a manufacturer of a video doorbell provide this type of embedded solution it accomplishes a couple of things, which I think are pretty powerful. First of all, it, differenti- it differentiates their brand or product offering, directly helping them attract and retain customers. Uh, think of that, we're actually using insurance to drive their business, to generate, help them generate revenue, not just to protect them when bad things happen. Uh, we're also able to provide a full solution for their customers. So video doorbell is great. It is a security device. It helps you. It is a risk management tool, but it completes the full circle of risk management by taking care of that last bit there. This is their little residual risk that's left, and you now have a full solution for the customer. Going back to some of the point you made at the beginning about people either find it hard to buy insurance or, or don't buy it. So when someone's buying their doorbell, is that insurance sort of automatically added into it, or, or does the doorbell seller have to then convince their customer to to buy. Yeah, there's a couple of models in our space. The way I think about it is there's what I would call fully embedded and then opt-in and opt-out. Um, I think most of the industry is not, including us, we're not a big fan of the opt-out model. We think if you're going to sell someone a product, they should actively make a buying decision. But I think the the embedded one is equally very powerful. When you buy a product, if it comes with insurance, for example, as part of your subscription service, you're getting it as part of the purchase price, and you don't necessarily have to make a separate buying decision each time you click on insurance. In many cases, the insurance might only cost a dollar or 60 cents or 35 cents, depending on your local currency. And for us, one of the benefits of having a fully embedded program is it addresses things like for example, the ch- or a challenge for our industry like adverse selection, it also means that we get every time they sell a doorbell, we get a new customer. And what that translates into is a much lower price for the end user, the, the customer. Some of these applications sound like they could be areas to apply a parametric insurance. Are, are you doing parametric on any, any of these coverages? All of our products are actually parametric in nature. Uh, they are, the way I think about it, if X happens, then Y. So they're very binary in, in nature. But in our industry, the discussion for parametric often focuses around natural catastrophes, natural disasters, whether it's wind, flood, hurricane, wildfire, and the like. So our, our My Income product, which is income replacement, the way I think about it is resilience. We're able to take a very, very important concept of providing a parametric cover, which is something that's available to very large corporations and directly used by the insurance industry to manage its risk through through reinsurance, whether it's ILS and cat bonds and the like, and taking those same concepts, those same products to provide parametric coverages, and now taking that down to people 
so they can have the benefit of having that same coverage. Imagine that if you have a, a cell phone in a country, and that country could be the United States, it could be the Caribbean, it could be Bangladesh, it could be India, it could be the Philippines. And for the first time, you have access to insurance for a windstorm or a flood at very low cost. And we can do that by taking a parametric product and slicing into little tiny bits and then offering that protection to individuals who need cash in their pocket at their time of need. So think about someone who experiences a windstorm or a flood. Their challenge, traditional insurance product is say, buy flood insurance or earthquake insurance for your home, buy flood insurance or earthquake insurance for your business. Most people need cash in their pocket at that moment because what's gonna happen? Their food's gonna spoil, power goes out, they can't work, they can't earn income, and what they really need is cash in their pocket to make it through that first couple months. And I'll give you an example of that. We were doing some, uh, some research and talking with people down in the Caribbean that experienced uh, one of the massive storms that went through in 2017, and we, we asked them kind of, how was it? And the person we were speaking with said, I slept through it. Uh, my jaw almost dropped, like, you slept through a Cat 5 storm? He said, yeah, I shut my sh my sh put my shutters down, went to sleep, and he's in one of these big, He's in a reinforced concrete building. He doesn't have, you know, tons of glass exposure. And the problem is when he woke up, he opened his door. He's like, oh, this is bad. And what he meant by that is the, the devastation around him. He said there's going to be, he's going to have no power for three weeks. All his food's going to spoil. The cost of food's going to go up by 300%. He's going to have a ton of work in about 90 days with all the cleanup. But for the next 30, 60, 90 days, he has no work. So no cash in his pocket. So how does he provide for his family? How does he put food on the table? How does he pay his rent? How does he pay his cell phone bill? These are the challenges that real people have. And we as an industry, this is our time to shine. This is our opportunity to step up and provide protection for people in their time of need. The great thing about parametric and, and where solutions like yours, for example, where, you know, where they're really starting to make a difference is where traditional insurance hasn't been able to provide the coverage. And you know, part of it is just because the cost of distribution, the cost of settlement is is too high. We've just released our non-damage business interruption parametric report. And I was surprised there's over 30 companies offering solutions in, in that space alone. And, and definitely, you know, to your earlier point, the solutions now are not only around catastrophic risk or catastrophic damage to your point there you could have a hurricane coming in the physical property might not be damaged but the, all the impact of it is still pretty significant in terms of of loss and then jamie you used to have talked or references a few times to different parts as well where do you expect the growth going forward is it going to be in in places like the us where you've got yeah, sort of large economy or is it going to be more in the developing areas of the world where you've got large volumes of people that are currently underinsured I think it's actually both. Uh, the need is there. It's global. It's pervasive. We as an industry are pretty good at focusing in the big markets, whether it's the US, Europe, uh, large countries with large populations and high income. But the need is there for people. And I, I think I'm going to go back to one of your earlier comments. You're talking about non-damaged business interruption. It's a really important product, but boy, is that a mouthful. And that product today is available for large corporations. If you are sophisticated, if you have a risk manager, you can go ahead and buy that coverage. But that's a product that needs to be brought to the masses. People have this need. There is an absolute need throughout the world. And I'll, I'll use Southeast Asia as an example. People are experiencing natural disasters and climate change is only going to exacerbate this. And in many cases, it's not their home that's damaged. It's not their business that's damaged. It's their ability to earn income. 
It means they can't go to work. Or if you imagine you're a restaurant owner, you can't open your restaurant because your staff can't come into work. Or your customers can't come into your retail store and buy your products. So I think non-damaged business interruption is a critical product. What I don't like about that, and I said it's a mouthful, is like, my God, like, is an industry. Let's improve the marketing of this. No one wakes up in the morning and says they want to buy non-damaged business interruption. How about income protection? And this is why we branded our products around my income. It's like, if you ask someone a question, are you interested in protecting your income? They're not going to hesitate. They're going to say, yes. Do you want to buy non-damaged business interruption? They're just going to look at you and say, what are you talking about, man? This is uh, terrible marketing. I think about the same way with accidental death and dismemberment. It's a great product. It's been around for decades, but no one in the world wakes up and says, I want today is the day I want to buy accidental death and dismemberment insurance. So let's rethink as an industry. And this is what we're doing at MIC Global. We're taking that product, which is a great product. It's a core product. And we're, we're, reima- we're, we're reimagining it, skinning it down to its core essence and providing money in people's pockets, income protection if they are in the hospital or if they have an injury, if they break an arm, if they break a leg. That's pretty powerful. So in terms of someone listening that might be able to help you, where do you see the biggest opportunities for what you're doing in the year ahead? And, and you know, where are you looking for help to get there? I'm very passionate and proud of, proud of the insurance industry. Apple launched this thing called an iPhone and it just changed everything. So I think our challenge as an industry is to really to think about what's around the corner. What is that next product that people want, that they need, that they can't live without, but today haven't thought of yet. And that's where innovation comes in as our industry. And for companies like ours, one of the things I love about Lloyd's is the whole syndication model. We're very capable as a company of taking a certain amount of risk, but once the numbers start to scale up, that's where capacity becomes really important. And and Lloyd's is a great model for us to be able to syndicate that risk and spread it around the market. And I think that's one of the things that really attracted Lloyd's uh, when we brought the concept of MIC Global to them to launch our syndicate is we're bringing new premium into the marketplace. We're bringing, instead of just one carrier offering price, a product at a lower price than another carrier and the business booms moves from chair A to chair B, we're bringing new premium into the marketplace. Just imagine now if you're creating new products that are relevant to people and you're bringing new business in the market, that's what's going to expand and take embedded insurance from a $1 billion to a $2 billion to a $3 billion to a $6 billion business for companies like ours. And when you're thinking about it across the whole industry, you change that B to a T. This is a trillion-dollar market opportunity if we can get it right. Unfortunately, you're not the only person sort of making that call. And it does go back to the the original roots of Lloyd's is being able to take on those new risks as sort of entrepreneurial people break open new markets and ultimately you know, look after the customer. So, Jamie, we've, we've covered a lot there. I've been asking most of the questions. Is there anything else you want to talk about that we haven't or haven't asked you about? Something that's very important to me, and I think for us as an industry, is closing the insurance protection gap. Uh, we talk a lot about ESG as an industry. And uh, for, I think, important reasons, there's been a tremendous amount of focus on the E, the environmental, with climate change and whatnot. But I think one of the things we've been trying to do and a big focus of ours is focusing on the S, the social impact. And the idea is how we can make insurance accessible and affordable for people in need this type of uh, coverage. So we're serving both underserved communities as well as unserved. And this is not just for the poorest people. This is for people of limited means, which in the United States could be anything up to $75,000 in income. And it's similar across the world. One of the keys for us as an industry and one of the priorities for MIC Global is to help 
close that protection cap and to help people in their time of need. What, depending on where you grew up, I think about the game of in the US, it was uh, shoots and ladders, and most of the rest of the world, it's snakes and ladders. You spin that little wheel, you march up the board of life, and there's a little, you stub your toe, you go down a, a chute or a snake, you're back to the bottom. Somewhere in the middle of the board, there's this really nasty slide that takes you rocketing right back down to the bottom. What we're trying to do, and this is a very core principle of insurance, we're trying to be that helping hand that catches you when you fall, helping you so you can stabilize, so you don't have to start all over again from the very bottom. You can recover and then get on with your life. And I think that's a really core principle of insurance. And it's something as, an, as a company that is really core to our business. People ask us a lot about ESG. And the way I think about it is ESG is in our DNA. This is what we do. Yeah, it's really good to hear that. As you said, we do probably overemphasize on the E, I mean, for good reasons, but we shouldn't forget the S. I guess the governance will let other people take care of. Uh, and also that whole protection gap bit. I mean, people talk about it a lot, but we're still, frankly, really struggling to see solutions at scale. So it's really good that you're you're part of that. This is what we were purpose-built for. We were purpose-built to provide embedded insurance to people globally. So if any, anybody that wants to get in contact with them, I see what, what's the best way to, if they've got an idea or they want to work with you, how should they track somebody down? We do our distribution primarily through brokers. So when you think about our products, the traditional team is the Affinity team. And by the way, Embedded insurance is, didn't just start a couple of years ago. People have been in the affinity business for decades now. And in affinity brokers understand that embedded insurance can be used to solve problems, can help people differentiate their brand, their product offerings, can attract customers and service providers and monetize that, that business. We also work very closely with, with uh, brokers and their digital platforms, people who are serving technology platforms such as gig economy, sharing economy, payment gateways, e-commerce. Exciting for us is we're partnering with other insurance companies. So very directly, we have insurance companies all around the world that are reaching out to us directly and saying, we want to provide micro-insurance solutions to people in our communities, in our countries, but we need help with the product know-how. We need help with the technology. And can we partner with you? I mean, think about this. One of the best platforms in insurance are insurance companies. They already have customers. So today, for example, we are embedding our insurance products with some of the largest, actually the largest insurance company in India right now, where we're going to be offering our My Identity coverage embedded in their homeowner's product. What a cool concept. They have the customers. And we're providing a new type of insurance to them at scale, at very low cost, making it affordable. Jamie, I appreciate you. You probably can't give out individual broker names, but what about somebody that wants to contact MIC directly and just get steered in the right direction or, or has got an idea for you? How, how do they get hold of you? Uh, you can contact us directly through our website, micglobal.com, through LinkedIn, any of the other uh, social media uh, networks. Uh, also, our active underwriter, for our syndicate, Mark Campbell is based in London. We have innovation underwriters based around the world, particularly in the US, India, South Africa. Great. Well, we'll put Mark Campbell's link on the website. And there aren't many Jamie Crystals on LinkedIn, so I'm sure people can find you on uh, on, on LinkedIn as uh, as well. Jamie, I've really enjoyed that. And just looking at the blue sky in New York, uh, I'm looking forward to coming out there in, in March or June. I know you're in London quite a lot as well. So maybe next time we can see each other face to face. And I guess if anybody wants to see you, the Square Mile in London is quite a small place, so you might be able to meet up with them directly. I would love that. I am in London every other month right now. It's a very important part of our business. And uh, just to hop across the pond, as, the, as they would say. And uh, we, we get a lot of people coming through New York City as, as well. So uh, very much look for, looking forward to seeing you on your next trip. Fantastic. Well, Jamie, it's been a real pleasure. I'll let you get back to your day. I know you've got a lot going on, uh, but it's, it's been really good digging, digging beneath the, uh, 
the covers of MIC and finding out what you're up to. Matthew, it's a, it's a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks so much for your time today. Instech is officially coming to the US to bring the future of underwriting closer to you. Join us to discover the new tools leading insurance organizations are using to remove the pain from underwriting and let underwriters concentrate on what they do best. This event is sponsored by Saitora, Hyper Exponential, Google Cloud, and Kroll. Well, we're delighted to have MIC as a member of Instech, and you can look out for us in New York physically in March. In the meantime, if you're interested in learning more about what we are doing at Instech, you can find out all you need to know at www.instech.co or contact any of us, hello, at instech.co. That's it. We're done. <laughs>